Hello, dear listener, and welcome to the new improved Powercast, otherwise known as the Powerpod. Yeah, we uh, we changed our name already after one week. Didn't like the Powercast, changed it to the Powerpod, and uh, we have fucked up twice now because we thought we were recording just before we we hit record on this one. It was like fifteen minutes, but still, we that was some good shit. We're gonna have to bring it up again somehow. <laughs> no, we can do it now, Mark. I tell you, we're gonna fix this. <laughs> Stick to the script. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I can't believe we did that. Fine, <laughs> that was so good. So, yeah, Mark, you watched the color out of space. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did, actually. <laughs> oh, there's no way to recreate that. That's so annoying. We can do it later. But, uh, so, we're going to do... Right, so... <laughs> it's so hard to get back into this because I'm repeating myself immediately again. But, next week, for you, the listener, we will be talking about Climax. Gaspar Noé's Climax. Uh, content warning for this film there is a very intense scene of self-harm there's suicide in this film and there is also a scene of incest since they incense (laughs) incest Uh, so if you're not comfortable watching that film don't worry about it but if you want to watch the film to get like a better grasp of what we're talking about you can watch the film it's on netflix it's like an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes super super trippy but, uh, Mark, besides watching that Color Out of Space, what have you been up to? <laughs> what was I doing? Uh, well, I've been doing quite a bit. Um, uh, yeah, I've been... Uh, I watched Climax, I watched Color Out of Space. Is that recording? It is recording now, yeah. 100%. Put my mic on. Oh, fuck, is your mic not on? Right, attempt number three. Mark's mic is now on. It's Hello, working. I'm here, I think. <laughs> so... What I've been doing this week, Mark, is that the gym is now back open. So mm. I've been walking to the gym because I broke both of my bikes mm. trying to pump them up. That was a whole ordeal. That was so fucking annoying. Mm. But I've been walking to the gym. And because I've been walking to the gym, I've been listening to audiobooks. Mm. And I've been listening to 21 Lessons for the 21st Century by Yuval Noah Harari. Uh, he did the book um, Homo Sapiens, A Brief History of Humans. And he did... Homo Deus, A Brief History of Tomorrow. And basically the way that he, he puts this book up is basically Homo Sapiens was about the past, Homo Deus is about the future, and then 21 Lessons for the 21st Century is about now, right? Now, a lot of it he kind of covers in Homo Deus though. Like he's talking about like algorithms and AI and he's talking about what things will be like in the 21st century, which is a lot of the stuff that he's talking about in Homo Deus as well. But the aspect that I find really interesting, and he talks about it for quite a bit in the book, is that liberalism or like capitalism is dying now. Where like people are waking up to the fact that this shit doesn't work. And how in the twentieth century there was three like um narratives, I guess, that countries could tell themselves. So they could be fascist, they could be communist or they could be liberal or capitalist. And how after World War Two you realise fascism doesn't work. And then in like the eighties, seventies and eighties, you realise that communism doesn't really work the way that the way that it was. Wait, wait, hold yeah, on yeah, a yeah. second. No, <laughs> the way that it was yeah. wasn't working because it wasn't you know, it wasn't proper communism basically. Yeah. And how now in 
like in, in the 21st century we're starting to realize that capitalism doesn't work either and the problem now is that we don't have an alternative and you start to see now the rise of the alt-right of fascists again but you also see the rise of people becoming far more left-wing mm. and communist basically and it was it's just very like telling of how like we are at the moment kind of like how there is no alternative at the moment like something will there will be a breaking point at some point mm. there has to be oh yeah and uh it's just yeah it's just fucking paro the way that he's talking about it like um the returning of old ideas from 20th century like he kind of ignores the fact that well, i mean empire well we're still imper- we're still living with empires mm. but there's still imperialism they're invisible they're invisible they're not yeah. as obvious like America <laughs> is fucking imperialist, and oh, yeah. China is also imperialist. Yeah, you got um, all them. Russia, Iran, all the boys. All these Amer- or Britain, Britain obviously. Britain obviously. The old, well, yeah. the old enemy. The old, <laughs> the old enemy. We're going for you, Britain. After yeah. this, <laughs> the, the original villains of the world, basically. But uh, yeah, it is. It's uh, there's there is no alternative. There's uh, that's a Margaret Thatcher quote. Is, is that what in the eighties? There is no alternative. It's a uh, when she was solidifying neoliberalism with Reagan and all them. Yeah. Like she destroyed the welfare state and social democracy and all that stuff. A lot of a lot of the uh, the ideological project was like centered around uh, exterminating any other alternative. Like yeah, uh, trying to prove that it doesn't work. Yeah, debunking uh, yeah communism or fascism or all that stuff. So uh, yeah, that's a, a big part of uh, how we live today. The f- yeah, the idea like it's internalized within us all. The idea that we can't <coughs> we can't do anything else because there's no way out basically. But it's not true. Well, it's obviously not true. Like right? Capitalism has only been alive for... 500 years? Three, oh, less than that, man. Like yeah. 300 years? More or less? Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah, like, like The idea of like making money has always been there, but mm. capitalism, the way that it is, is has not been around... is way younger than that. Yeah, yeah. Like the system that it is has not been around for that long. It's only been around for since the Industrial Revolution, arguably, like, mm. properly. It starts... I read a book that said uh, it starts in... Uh, 1600s uh england yeah that's uh when were the 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 witch trials uh, late 1600s was yeah it? that's i read a book about how uh the witch trials <clears throat> was like how they started to introduce capitalism properly and that's what a lot like it's like a kind of forgotten aspect of the witch trials was mm. that the witch trials were really about the in the um introduction and forced introduction of capitalism because what would happen was that you have these like villages and towns and stuff like that and they didn't want to get rid of their land and stuff like that mm. and that's what the idea of enclosures that's coming in the enclosures the worst thing yeah. that, that ever happened yeah. really basically yeah that's that's where like capitalism where starts. starts come in yeah and uh the book that i, that I read was um salama or caliban and the witch mm. and it's about how basically like uh the witch trials were used because well, what happened was is that women started to lose their place in society when capitalism starts to be introduced because mm. you start to get the idea of like man and woman had to get with each other to produce workers. Mm. And if you weren't part... That's what Dice is all about. That's what who? Dice is. Di- <laughs> the, the, the nightclub. Yeah, the mating grounds. <laughs> but that's what... Uh, I, I thought you were talking about some like fucking scholar or something no, there. No. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, like and that's like that's where um like homosexuality and stuff like that starts to mm. um be seen as like a sin like that's 
that's what the witch trials were about and like how um that women were uh like w- like what was it like the like the witch basically a witch was seen as like a woman who was like a shaman basically in the mm. village and the idea of magic being you can get something from nothing which is completely against capitalism mm. and how these like shaman women they weren't they didn't they were obviously fighting for their place in towns and stuff like that and the capitalists didn't fucking want that and they basically just got rid of these women they just burnt them at the stake and like mm. that's where like serious like now not to say that pre-capitalist society women were treated completely equally obviously not but the idea of working from the home and taking care of kids was mm. seen way more legitimately than it was post witch trials yeah yeah um but yeah it's all fucking power yeah. stuff like yeah i saw a uh saw a movie recently um the the blood on satan's claw it's part of the uh folk horror genre uh which is like w- wicker man all that sort of yeah, stuff yeah and uh it's about like it's about this uh sort of pagan cult in uh some town in england back in the the uh around cromwell's time and uh they have like they like take a, a piece of skin off every single person or they attach a piece of devil, the devil's skin to every person. Okay. And then the devil grows out of, like, the uh, the constituent parts of all the different... They rip off the skin and, what like, the create fuck? the devil out of it. <laughs> but it's, like, the, the whole idea that, like, the community creates this sort of, uh, you know, a, a counter-king, like an antichrist, basically. Yeah. But the the uh, the king, obviously, is, like, the the man himself, like, the, the, the head of the state, like, the the uh, manifestation of capitalism, basically, like, a concentration of power yeah. of a person or whatever. whatever. And Satan is like this uh, local uh, sort of like ad hoc uh, creation of the community, and they bring in this uh, this judge from London, and he like kills Satan with the sword, sort of saying that like uh, the law, like the the the, the long arm, of the law came in from London, from the like the center of all this power, mm-hmm. and like laid down the law with all the uh, all the yokels, all the all the pagan Christians, or all the pagan uh, English people that did exist back in the seventeen hundreds. And they're all flat, and they're all like basically exterminated by this like this need to to like uh, rally around one thing, one ideology, one one uh, idea, mm-hmm. like capitalism or Protestantism or whatever. Yeah. So it's like it's all this like leveling effect, exterminating difference, exterminating diversity of of thought and of uh, culture and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a really good movie. It's uh, uh, like sixty eight or something like that. But, oh, uh, so it's like a kind of old film. It's a very old film. Yeah, yeah. It's mad. Yeah. That's what I always think. That's so weird that like we think that um, that this shit like, like our society has only been around for two hundred years, yeah. and we think that this is the norm. It is not the norm. No, this no. is not the way humans have advanced. Now that's part of the problem with the, uh, with people arguing pro capitalist is that <clears throat> we made all these advancements under capitalism. Mm. So that's that can be seen as like a pro. It's like, oh yeah, well the way that we are now is because of capitalism. And it's like, mm, you know, it's true. It it's is true. true. Low key. Low. Yeah, like it is true. Of course, it's true. But there's also it's alternatives. Great. It's been great. Yeah, for like you know, till a while, till like a while back, like it started to go downhill pretty quickly. Yeah. But uh, but that whole like I think that's crazy. But like part of the coronavirus was that like it kind of just showed this is like shit can happen. Stuff can come mm. out of the blue, and it will fucking change shit yeah, yeah like the way that we live is not the fucking norm like we live mm. for like what like even just even in like terms of war 
since like we're living at the current stage but like it's like you know safe like the most people now like the highest percentage of people live under peace than ever before yeah yeah and it's still fucking it's hell still a bit shit isn't for it? a lot of people still not great majority of people in the world still yeah. live in severe poverty and stuff like that yeah and we still take it as like oh yeah well you know it's their fault no it's not it's not their fault <laughs> yeah at least it's peaceful you know for us yeah you know and uh, even at that you still got fucking these pandemics coming through that can just mm. come out of nowhere yeah imagine the black plague happened oh man imagine if coronavirus was a little bit more deadly imagine it was deadly at all it's just a flu like yeah it's literally just like a very severe flu but well it's like it's just the common cold basically it's just the fact that there's no vaccine yeah you know it's not it's not like like we get it i don't know i don't have it obviously but uh, it's not that severe obviously there's not the the fatality rate is what two percent yeah but i've heard things that like it changes like it can change shit in you did you say that's about the uh italian doctors no they started to realize that like um like people that People that had COVID were coming back a couple of weeks later with, like, some of them had, like, uh, brain damage. Some of them had, like... Th- that's one thing, actually, sorry. My mom was telling me about how uh, one of the things is that, like, if you go to get your hair cut at the moment, they might recommend that you come back. Some places do this where they might recommend you to come back to check your hair because apparently COVID can change how your your hair color is or, like, the growth of your hair. Really? Like, it can change. What? It's, like, changing, like... It's, like... Changing your genes. Kind of like changing your genes what? a little bit. And you can develop... Uh, some people are coming back with like um, Alzheimer's, like early stage Alzheimer's what? and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, I don't know. It might not be Alzheimer's, but stuff yeah, like that. Like yeah. they're getting things. It's like changing shit in your body. Yeah. Now, this is something that I heard from like one video. Like I was watching, like I read uh, an article and watched a video about it. Mm. Like, and this is only... I only heard like Italian doctors talk about it because like they're obviously have a um, kind of old population. So mm. the ones that survived it were coming back and they had all this other shit. They're already weak though, yeah. 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 Well, that's, a, that's a good thing. Like it's already a risk with like normal diseases. Isn't it? Like, you know that, uh, that disease with cats where like it no. can... It's something like half the world population has it. If you're if you're in contact with cats, like you've a good you've a good chance of getting it. But it's basically like a, a zombie disease. It's oh, a parasite that yeah, lives in I your have. brain. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Is that the thing to do with footballers or something as well? I don't know. There's something that I've heard before that like, there's like um, a worm or something that you can get, and like the top footballers in the world or something something like that mm. that they ha- they all have this as well, and it, it like it engages with your mind and your body in a certain way where like. You got more coordination or something. Mm. There's something I can't remember exactly what it is, but something along those lines yeah. where like half the population do have this, but some people that have it are like Ronaldo's and Messi's and like. So oh. it's like you become a superhero. Yeah, kind You're of. Yeah, it's some, It's something like that. Yeah. Or well, that, it might be something completely different to this, but like there's some mm. worm or something that you have or some is I think it is a worm that you can have in your head and it changes you in a certain way. Yeah. And it helps you. It makes you develop in a different way. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, like diseases can change your DNA, and that's what we all are. We're all a collection of diseases, isn't it? You know, yeah, geez, trying yeah. to per- perpetuate ourselves uh, un- unthinkingly. That's one of the things that uh, Harari talks about in the book is like how, mm. um, like diseases and stuff change, and how uh, we're eventually just gonna have like algorithms that are like better than doctors because they're able to like see shit in you, mm. and they'll be able to like you'll have like sensors in your body, kind of. Yeah. That um. Like this is all, like he's not saying this is one hundred percent gonna happen, but like you know, with how it, this is how it could go, because mm. he obviously he's not predicting the future. He's just kind of taking guesses. What's his like qualifications? I have no idea. I have my I have his book over there. If you want to like pick it up and see if like his he's a doctor or something 
or a lawyer or something. I can't remember what the fuck he is, but he is. He has some qualifications. Uh, it's over there by the the left hand side, further the home of Diaz. Big black book. Big black one. It's like uh, it should be in the middle row, but uh, yeah, he's he's talking about like how uh, we'll have like senses in our mind, kind of or not in our mind, but in our body, uh, and I'll be able to like read um the your neurological re like the neurons in your brain, the neurological reactions going off, and be able. Oh, it doesn't matter, but uh, that uh, we will be able to like have like kind of one of the things he talks about is like how we'll have um music made by algorithms on the mm. spot reacting to our body bodily reactions to the music if you know what i mean Robot so djs yeah like you'll have oh. like a soundtrack to your life basically going on mm. all the time and it will change depending on your mood yeah so sure, that's what spotify is isn't it you know oh but this is like In a way yeah like do it that, on but spot. Yeah, i know yeah. what you mean but but it's like like generated music like it's making the music at that time yeah. like right there and then and it's unique to you like this is going to be music mm. that only you are going to be able to hear that sounds a bit terrible though that sounds awful i like yeah, is, isn't, like, the, isn't the whole point of music that you share it with people you yeah know? but like the drums in africa all the boys sitting around in a circle <laughs> that's, was, that's what it's all about like, you know i was thinking that but also like um you know like part of the like obviously with music and art it's like how you um connect with people's other mm. people's emotions but with the algorithm, you're going to be connecting to the music based on your own emotions at that time. So it's going to hit you in an entirely different way. Yeah. But like, then you're not, you're not like, is this just a feedback loop of yourself, your own emotions? Yeah. So like, you're, it's like atomization times 10. Yeah. Like you can never connect with it. Or it's, it's, it's putting a, an obstacle between you and connection or normal human connection uh, permanently, you know? Mm-hmm. I, that sounds pretty uh, dystopian to me. It is pretty dystopian. Yeah. And it is scary, mm. uh, but this is all in the realm of possibilities because mm. we don't know what's gonna go. We could do it in like a like a have like a rave, and then the the Sync music up. the music responds to the crowd. You know, yeah, that'd like, be like, cooler. Yeah, but like it's you could turn this this uh, this off, and obviously you can play your own music. Like this would be like a feature that you can have. Yeah, but that's the same. But would way, you like, want to turn it off? Like, would you want to have like? Yeah. Would you want to turn off music that you know is gonna make you happy? Or like, yeah, exactly, he was talking yeah. about like how if you're going through a heartbreak. The algorithm will make music that perfectly suits the breakup that you're going through, and will like, will guide you through like the degree, like the mm. the de- what's the, what's the the like stages the of stages grief, stages of grief, mm. basically, yeah, perfectly, well, and you will feel better afterwards because of it. That sounds terrible. I don't know. Well, like how how are you gonna feel better if it's just it's just a robot? Like you know the way because you're still gonna react to it. like you could tell yourself like oh yeah but this is this mm. is just a robot but it's still gonna have that effect on you because that's ah, the, yeah it's it's music yeah but you're never gonna turn it off like you know the way like I definitely don't listen to uh, as much new music as I should you know like I I have music that I just listen to again and again and again yeah I'm the same as so. well like people just do that like just like oh this is I'm guaranteed to get a few uh, few hits off this few endorphins mm-hmm. I'll just leave it playing all day like forever and whoever like it's not as if like it's just like a completely neutral. Uh, program like you know sent down from the heavens or whatever like someone designed this or Spotify designed it or like you know someone in Warner or like some like music exec designed the whole thing so they're like basically controlling your emotions or like controlling you know they can, they can insert any sort of message in there you know mm-hmm. it sounds awful to be honest but you know that's the way it is that's, yeah. that's the uh, that's the future isn't that's it that's the future possibly this is the future yeah. but the thing about algorithms as well is the fact that we we, we see this now with the uh, social media the way the algorithms mm. like 
tailor things to you. It's like yeah. you watch a Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, what's this? This is a video of Ben Shapiro. Let me click onto this. And you start going down that, that right wing rabbit hole. Yeah, I've been there. Been down there. <laughs> and I was going down that. Like when I first like listened to Joe Rogan, I was like going down that, that oh, realm. Really, yeah? I was until I came across like H-Bomber guy and Philosophy Tube and ContraPoints and all these like yeah. left wing people that were like their whole point is that like well uh, they're not anymore but they were at the stage where like their whole point was to like show you the light basically and yeah. bring you back from Shapiro's and the Be- and the Jordan Petersons and all these of this world all these like introduction to yeah right excuse me right wing ideas and stuff like that mm. yeah. but that's the algorithm doing that the yeah. algorithm's causing that to happen and you st- I think that's kind of where you see a lot of like right wing people coming from is that they're watching fucking youtube videos mm. yeah definitely yeah like if uh if uh youtube was a conducive or any sort of social media space was like conducive to a, a left-wing organization you know they'd just be shut down or they oh, yeah. it, it would be uh, they'd be doing their job well that's what happens to tiktok wrongly <laughs> yeah the communist party <laughs> <laughs> tiktok's left wing oh that shit's gone now radicalizing uh the american youths or the youths of the world it's uh yeah it's by the way in tiktok as well just how blatant the algorithm is yeah yeah like it's on it's on a whole like and i wonder like is the algorithm kind of the same with like twitter i'm assuming that it is like, twitter twitter is a great al- algorithm but it, it will show because like obviously like you know we're about left wing so we're seeing kind of the same kind of stuff but i wonder yeah. if, like someone that's more right wing will be seeing that yeah that's yeah they wouldn't see that at all like that's the thing you know it's just going to be uh it reinfor- reinforces itself. That's like echo chambers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Social media you because know? the algorithm is just, just an get echo more, chamber. You just get like you like we all know people that have been like they've obviously got stuck in an echo ch- echo chamber and they become like absolute freaks because of it. Yeah, like, not to be like bad but, or anything, but like they're like some of them are fucking freaks, man. Yeah, like full on. But like they're literally like they're it's like they're sitting in a room talking to themselves for ages, and like it just gets worse and worse and worse, and that's like. You know, Twitter, places like that, algorithms uh, encourage that sort of behavior because it's it's it keeps product- you on it. Yeah, it keeps you on it. They yeah, have, it's, they it's have an incentive to keep you on that site. Yeah, it's profitable. Yeah, it exactly, is. Yeah, and they get profit off people arguing as well. That's um, I remember Blind Boy was talking about that. That social media sites will do that on purpose because, mm. um, with more people talking about it, people are more likely to go onto Twitter and stuff like that because they want to see what's happening. Yeah, yeah, and it, it like uh, what did he say? Something like uh, conflict brings attention or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, any bad press is good press, Yeah, you know? any press is good so press. So you see people arguing, it's like, mm, I wonder what they're talking about, and then you go onto Twitter, and then you and start you get, you get pulled right in. Yeah, 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 I try to avoid that. Yeah, that's like one of the slums I was in last <laughs> year, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was bad. It is grim. It's, it's grim. grim. It's too much of it. You just have to ignore it, you know? <laughs> you kind of do, yeah. Some At a certain people. stage, you just kind of, yeah, you do have to log off and just like kind of ignore it. Yeah. Log off and go outside, yeah. A lot of really bad, terrible shit going on. There's some bad hombres out there. not fucking much you can do yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As uh, as the Buddha said, mm. tend to the garden that you can reach. Oh, shit. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Hey, did you ever see uh, Trump's tweets and he has, like, bots that reply to him immediately? Yeah. Like, who, like, who went out of their way to, like, do that, you know? To, like, code that and, like, put that account together to, like, to respond to him straight away with the same things. Like, as if he's going to read it as well. It's that just was um, bizarre. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's like the the administration is fair. They do that on purpose. No, but it's like uh, uh it's like uh, Trump tweets about whatever, and then it's like uh, uh Trump has just uh, you know, made a fool of himself or again or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it, but like those are there like uh to cause that is one of the things oh, they, like, that they, uh, they get like they tweet negative stuff to 
to cause a reaction. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's when um, That'd be weird. I watched uh, like a season of South Park, and that's what they were talking about is um, the like the troll effect. That like mm. the biggest way that the biggest troll is that like you react negatively to something or you troll someone, mm. but what you're hoping for is that someone tries to like be like morally correct to you or something like that, mm. and then that just causes more outrage. It's like someone says something offensive. Mm purposely to piss someone off yeah but then someone reacts to the person to the troll trying to be like correcting them correcting them and that causes more outrage yeah yeah and that's what these bots are basically designed to do oh really that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty smart it is yeah Yeah. fair folks to sell park i didn't even think about that yeah that's 100 like and but they're talking about like uh how that kind of caused trump Mm. in a way yeah the feedback loop you know like the fact that he's like he showed up and uh he was doing his like uh, he announced his presidency straight away. He gets wall to wall coverage. Everything, every mm-hmm. single thing he says, they're like, "Oh, I can't believe he's done this." Or they they, they just give him like, you know, constant coverage for hours, way, for way, days, way, way and then too much coverage. Even right now, like the uh, they're sort of. I think the the Democrats seem to be reliant on the fact that uh, Trump's making a fucking yeah, ass just, of himself. Just let yes, let him do it. Let him like uh, have all the coverage. Like Biden hasn't appeared in public. I don't know in ages. He's, he's he's always on that screen on like you know like like CNN or like talking to like different it's people. Always CNN. He's always like trapped in that box on his YouTube channel. Yeah. But like Trump's like has all the coverage, and they're sort of reliant on the fact that like people will hate him more for that. Which yeah, but was, it's not working. It was the same strategy last time, you know. Mm-hmm. Will it work? I don't know. Probably Who knows? not. It's like uh, Peterson. Oh, he's gone off the map though. Yeah, because he like died. He died. Zizek <laughs> killed him. Zizek killed him. Owned him like. Oh, completely destroyed him. Poor fella. Died of a debate. And then he has his coronavirus now as well. Does he actually? Yeah, he does. Uh, he has coronavirus. He, w- he went to that uh, to the rehab center because he was addicted to benzos. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, that's he fucked was, up. Because his wife died or something like that. Uh, but uh, he was in the rehab center in Serbia. And uh, he was in a coma for about a week, I think. Jesus, I didn't know that. Because uh, they, they did a... They, it was like they did cold turkey. It's like a really yeah, extreme yeah. sort of uh, rehab. And uh, he didn't respond well to it, obviously. He's been there for a while. And uh, now it, it turns out his, his wife, or his, his wife, is uh, his daughter put on social media saying he has uh, bad corona, like severe coronavirus. Okay, well, I don't really like Jordan Peterson, but I don't wish death upon him. I'll be, I hope he's okay. <laughs> He'll be all right. <laughs> hope he's all right. I don't, I don't wish death on the dude. <laughs> He'll be grand. But uh, it, yeah, it's sort of the same thing. Like, he's all about, he's all about facts and stuff. But uh, They're all skewed. He's a... Uh, but he, like, believes in, uh, he's, like, a Christian and stuff like that. But, like, it made sense. All that stuff made sense with the atheists. and people Remember people like that? Oh, yeah. Like, all that, new yeah. atheism, like, Richard Dawkins and stuff like that. This is all founded in, uh, like, rationalism. And, uh... It's all bollocks. Yeah. A lot of it's very... Remember, like, going through that stage. Watch, like, Amazing Atheists and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. All these, like, skeptics... Skeptic... The skeptic community on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. They're, Man, just, they're, they're just so obnoxious about it. Yeah, they were. But, uh... But Jordan Peterson's, like he has the same arguments but he believes in God but like they don't really like mix like he's talking about like a you know dogmatism and like uh, uh, just like sort of enforcing your beliefs on other people but like he's like uh, he's like oh, I, I believe in God and all this. or it's like like people need to believe in God to have morality like morality is like inextricable oh, from God yeah, you know? yeah 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 which is a bit uh, uh, yeah but like a bit unfounded did you ever see that uh, philosophy tube video about that no, he's just talking about like how hedonism is what you really need to go into. Then, if there's no God and there's like, if like, well, something along those lines, hedonism, like believing in the pleasures of life and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. 
that that's more uh, that's where you can find meaning in life is finding pleasure true life and be it like if it's not spiritual stuff then it has to be physical pleasures that sounds terrible so delicious i love that S- stay watching porn of all day on twitter basically <laughs> <laughs> oh wait yeah i'm all right no. <laughs> uh but yeah the yeah the whole fascist thing is paro the mm. like the rise of fascism and stuff like because of these figures which mm. uh Watch this fucking segue, Marcus. We're about to start talking about Giallo films. Giallo films. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched uh, what the fuck is it called? Re- Deep De- Red. Deep Red, which is a uh, Giallo. Is that pronounced Giallo or Giallo? Giallo. Giallo. Yellow film. Yeah, yeah. Do you know like where that comes from, all? Paperbacks. Yeah. Pulp paperbacks, isn't it? They try. I watched a video about this because I was researching for it. Uh, Did you watch the? Um, the first result, yeah. Oh, what's it called? There, uh, under the shadows or something? Pretty oh, behind the shadows or something? I don't know. It was like it was like eight minutes long. Was yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah. What's the same one thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very. It's like it's they like adapted uh, or they translated like Agatha Christie and Graham Carver and stuff like that. Yeah, and put yeah. In, like the like really cheap uh, pulp. It's paperbacks. super. It's very interesting. The fact so Giallo films are like these like it's how like they're basically like smart is what they call them smart slashers, which came out in the sixties and. 70s but they came out before like halloween and all these american slashers and how like the american slashers in some ways like how friday the 13th like ripped off certain like kills from some of these films mm. but how like the american slasher films kind of copied or like were very very heavily influenced by the giallo films but mm. the giallo films were heavily influenced by the italian paperbacks which were heavily influenced by the americans, americans. classic T- yeah it's classic. like this like kind of conversation between the two it's yeah. pretty it's pretty cool it's like the beatles yeah right. and uh it's so the whole way this ties into fascism is the fact that like giallo films are always about this uh mass man in the dark trench coat kind of figure mm. that comes in and like would take you out when you least expect it because you know something mm. or like people know about your past and that's why you die and stuff like that which is a direct uh response to italian fascism Mm. Which is where it comes from, uh, which is I I I love when film like film genres do that. You know that uh, what was that film that we watched in Canada? Um, and they made a remake of it recently, Suspiria. That's Suspiria. like a that's a giallo film, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Argento. Yeah, it's Argento as well. Yeah, yeah, he, he did He's, everything. He did do everything. He, ca- he carried a lot of weight back then. He fucking he made the genre what it he is. He carried basically. Italy, yeah, back in the day. What else did they have from the seventies? I know they have all those giallo films, and they had like um. But Giallo's a very uh, distinct Italian style. Mm. Well, actually, yeah, they have like, quite a lot of good, good films, don't they? It's uh, Bicycle Thieves. That's Italian, isn't it? Yeah. That's one of the most like, influential films of all time. Black and White, isn't it? Yeah, it came out in the 40s. Yeah, fuck that. Have you watched it? No. It's pretty good. Didn't we watch it in, in class? No, I watched it when we were in Vancouver. Oh, right. It's pretty good. Yeah. It is pretty good. But yeah. But it's like one of the most influential films. Oh, no, yeah, we watched the clip of it in class. Mm, we yeah. watched the ending. Yeah, uh, with, uh, what's his name? Steve. 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 Shout out to Shout Steve. Out to Steve. Um, what was I saying? Giallo films. Giallo films. So with the I think it's great. Ar- Argento, Suspiria. I love. Have you watched the new Suspiria? Actually? No, I haven't. It's amazing. I cried at the end. Dude, did you really? Yeah. Is it good? Obviously, if you cried. Well, it was. It's just like sad, like. Yeah. You know. The first one's really, really good. The original one's really good. I really liked it. Yeah, I can't really remember. Like, I can't remember that was. We're too. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, we were just certain tired. substances are legal in Vancouver, so you know. <laughs> we were tired. <laughs> very, very tired. Nah, but uh, the new one's pretty good. It's it was on Netflix, I think. Um, but yeah, it's like a new take on it, and uh, it has 
it's just sad at the end. You ever watched the Notebook? Did you did you cry at the Notebook? I haven't watched the Notebook now. Notebook is also sad, but it's a sad in like a really like cheap way. But uh, spirit sad in a real way. It's also sad in a cheap way. Is it way. witches as well in that as well? Yeah, witches. Yeah, it's cool. I like witches. And the end is uh, really gory and stuff like that. It's a lot like climax to be honest. Yeah, but climax is oh. We'll get into that next week. But we'll get into that next week. But uh, climax was a ho- uh, right. That's what I was gonna ask. Is like Suspiria like a dance film? Like like climaxes? Uh, in a way, but like it's not like there's a, like a there's a script like yeah like there's no uh, it's it's very clear structure like mm-hmm. you know there's as dance sequences, but it's not uh, it's not like like Suspiria or climax is like a music video. Yeah, it is. Yeah, mm, it's it, like but uh, Suspiria isn't. It's more. It's just a film. It's like what well, has up. dancing in it. It's like it's, like, it's not like Step Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's quite similar to the High School Musical, I think. My sister was watching the High School Musical movies. Really? Yeah, I was watching a bit of it. Yeah, any good? <laughs> no. <laughs> Only watched one of the songs. It was from the third film. The third film was the worst one, though. Ever watched Step Up? I watched uh, To the Streets. Uh, I watched one of them. They're all like the same film. I watched one of them though. Yeah. Like four. I think it was four. Could have been five. Four or five. How many of those films are there? I don't know. A bunch. I watched one of them though. Mm. Remember that song, the end up song? And had a uh, Jaden Smith in the music video. Nah, I probably dance on, dance on. We're gonna dance on. I probably remember it if I heard it. I think I watched that film. Which oh, was right. that was years ago. I can't remember anything about it. Mm. But uh, how the oh, Giallo films as we got. So yeah, Suspiria. Yeah, so what is recommends Suspiria? Absolutely, the new one, the old one. Is whatever. it like uh, G- the Giallo style as well? Like this, uh, like kind of neon lighting kind of stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, as a uh, all the red stuff, all the uh, you know neons. Uh, I can't remember who directed it, like the new one. But uh, yeah, it's it is someone though. It's like an it's a name. It's a, it's a name. I can't remember man. who it is. It's either, a, quite quite a famous guy, but it it, it is very good. And uh, yeah, I thought it was great. It's set in the actually yeah, it's set in is the original set in Italy. Post, oh Italy, yeah. Oh, this one's set in like West Germany in the seventies. Oh. It's a, yeah, actually that's that's the thing I was gonna say. Yeah, it's, no, yeah, it is set, it is set in because it's a giallo film. So yeah, it is. It, they go to like an Italian uh, mm. dance college. Yeah, because this one's set in uh, in Germany around set around nineteen seventy with the uh, Red uh, Army faction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. all the leftist bombings and stuff so like that's, that. That's that's like what it's like. It's horror kind of comes from, like yeah. based on that kind of idea. Something like that. I ca- I can't remember. I would have had more like clear thoughts like when I yeah watched, watched it. it. But it has like it has the thing like the the Red Army faction. Uh, abducted this fella like a big industrialist in West Germany and uh, uh, he was like a Nazi collaborator back in the war this is like in 1970 and they just is this like, true or is this in the film oh this actually happened yeah oh, okay. it's in the film as well uh, it's like at the start of the film and uh, they were like uh, asking for a ransom from the government and they were like nah so they just executed him put him outside the road Fuck and there's like loads of uh, there's loads of riots going on in the city uh, in Berlin I think and uh, that's like the the backdrop to the film it's something about uh, some commentary on fascism I think I assume yeah, because yeah. it's like the whole like giallo kind of point is like it's talking about fascism. Mm. But uh, with Deep Red, you you have you not seen this film? No. Deep Red, never seen it. No. It's uh it is okay. So we talked about this before the podcast, but uh, <laughs> there's there's three versions of this film. There's yeah. the original version, which is like two and a half hours long, or two hours and forty minutes, I think, which is the Italian version. Then there's the European version, which is two hours long and then there's the american version which is like an hour and 40 minutes hour and 50 minutes and that's the version i watched but you can tell that there is bits missing like it is pretty pretty clear that there's some it it seems very um towards like the second act like the first act is so tight in mm. his, like the version i watched it's like 
it's like exactly what it has to be exactly what it was like mm. but then the the second act is kind of just kind of all over the place and you don't really understand what's where why characters are moving the way that they're moving like where they're going in the story yeah and then it ends like it's all wrapped up in seven minutes like the killer's introduced and then bam dead and that's it mm. but i kind of feel like if i watched the other versions it'd be kind of more fleshed out um but in uh the fucking kills in this film are so good mm. like they are like proper gory, and I was listening, or I was reading about it, and um, the Argento based the kills off things that humans, or not humans, people, the viewer, could uh, kind of relate to. So, like one of the one of the burn, one of the kills is um, someone being um, drowned in a bath of boiling water. Mm. But the idea is that like you would know what that would feel like because you've, you've yeah you've had boiling water before. Oh yeah, and another you might have had a bath, <laughs> and another one is um someone like smashes their teeth up against the the edge of a mantelpiece or something. But the uh, the point is that like you'd feel what that would be like because yeah. it's teeth and it's also banging banging a body part off something that you would know would feel like yeah yeah um and then there was another kill oh yeah the other kills like a de- decapitation and then another one is um dude gets pulled behind a fucking uh bin lorry oh shit oh like, man he, he gets put into it no no he's like he's like he has like a chain wrapped around his leg or like a hook wrapped into oh, into him right. and he's being pulled along and he's just like skidding along and he's screaming and then he he slams up against the curve and his fucking head explodes. <laughs> it's so over the top of man. It's so it's like the special effects yeah. in this film are really, really good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, the uh, the whole like aesthetic of the film is like high class Italian like fashion kind of. If you know what mm. I mean. Like it's the like main, stylized. Very, very stylized, mm. and they're all very wealthy and very rich, which was part of the point of Giallo is that like. The whole thing is like even at the the top echelon of society, like there's something dark and sinister going on underneath that mm. that very thin layer. Um, bastards, bastards! All these rich cons. Um, <laughs> actually, bring it back to fucking capitalism. Did you see about uh how much money people are making? Like Jeff Bezos and all these. The Leo books. I'm making no, loads. No, 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 no. Jeff Bezos playing Leo books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. He's making mint. Yeah, he yeah. eighty. Billion, 80 off billion from like March mm. because of like it's all invisible lockdown. as well. Yeah, you talk about magic, none of this money is real, you know, it's all in people's heads. Yeah, it's literally like Wall Street. Some guy in New York is like, uh, oh, I think this would be a good bet, and then loads of other people are like, yeah, and that so the, val- the value is literally from people going, this is a good idea. Yeah, that's it, you know, Just that's, like there's no actual beliefs, there's no substantial value to any of the money he has, no, nope. which is sort of difficult, you know. Like, how would you even, like, seize that? Like, how would you... Like, if you were to tax tax him, like, how would you do that? Because his, his stock would go you, down. I'll tell you what you do. You eat him. Woo! Jeez. <laughs> you right. eat the rich. That's what you do. Just, yeah, distribute him amongst the pocket. That's a very low calorie intake per person, though. Yeah, but I bet you that tastes good. Ooh. <laughs> bald head. As the, as the veggie I am. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. My God. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the whole, like, uh, style in this film is, like, really, really really beautiful and the main mm. the main the whole, the whole thing is like the two there's like two kind of main dudes and both of them are like piano players so you know it's kind of like very high arts and stuff like that mm. and uh it's a decent film i want to watch more um giallo yeah. films i want to watch what's it called blood and black lace which is like the first giallo film mm. that's where like it's like the genre setting film like there was a film beforehand i can't remember what it's called but there was a film it's a black and white film and like 
it was ba- oh wait it's called uh the woman who knew too much or something based on <laughs> the Hitch- the hitchcock film okay oh yeah i saw that yeah. in the uh, in the vid yeah that's like the kind of like the prototype but then blood and black lace is the genre setting film every mm. film like basically was like does like the same kind of style same kind of message and stuff like that in that film mm. and they're all like super hypersexual as well nice nice just you know that's what you need it's always always there climax <laughs> is great for that oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah the um i definitely do want to watch more jello films though because especially because like they influence like american slashers which we're, mm. we love a lot oh i love them love them um yeah i haven't i haven't got my teeth into them but i'll have to have a look Suspiria is great. I love Suspiria. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know much about the rest of them, really. But, uh, I think Gisard Gento is kind of where you need to... Yeah, he's a king. Bit of a king. Need to be... Bit of a ledge. Italy is a strange place, you know? Strange yeah, well, yeah. place. Especially at that time. But, yeah. Um, so, uh, you watched... We're going to bring it back up now. So, you watched oh. Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space. Yeah, I did, I did. Part two on this. I watched... Uh, yeah, I watched Color Out of Space... Lovecraft adaptation mm-hmm. directed by uh, Richard Stanley, uh, insane guy. He tried to direct uh, what was it? Uh, Island of Doctor Doctor Moreau back in the nineties. Yeah, and he got fired, and then he made fi- he made a film made. about him retreating into the jungle and like getting fired from the from the the set. I don't know. He's a he's a weird guy anyway. Yeah, I watched in two parts. Damaged himself. Yeah. Yeah. Had to do that. It's kind of because the first act is so boring. Yeah, first I I watched it. I uh, I rented it on YouTube for uh, four euro. YouTube is whopper for that though. It actually, is it's uh, really good. yeah, it is it very good. So many movies, but yeah, I rented it last night and I watched the first uh, forty five minutes, and now uh, like it's just it's very 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 slow, and uh, it's like it's trying to take itself too seriously. I think. Yeah, because yeah. you you were talking about how like it's a B movie, but mm. it doesn't really take itself like a B movie. I feel like it is kind of like the first act is. I kind of feel like the whole kind of film is trying to kind of be like Annihilation. Like, with its, like, mm, yeah. color scheme especially. The color scheme, yeah, And yeah. the way, you like, like, in Annihilation, uh, the characters kind of do go insane. Yeah. But it's, like, it's less, uh, it's way less serious than Annihilation, like. Oh, yeah, Annihilation's, like, the, like there's no cheese in Annihilation yeah. whatsoever. Like, it starts off with the, the girl at the lake, which is, like, a white horse, and she's doing, like, yeah, a spell. Yeah, that's so... What has that got to do with anything in the film? I, I'm not sure, to be honest. But the fact she's by, like, the reservoir, something to do with the water. And, like, witchcraft, kind of, or something to do with that as well? Ah, yeah, definitely. Returning to olden ideas? Yeah, maybe. But, um, yeah, it got, like, 45 minutes in, and I was watching, I was like, Z-Z-Z-Z. Terrible. Yeah. It was not, it was, uh, it was just in- underwhelming. Because I've been looking forward to it. I tried to watch it when it came out in the lighthouse. Yeah. I couldn't get a get off work, but uh, yeah. And then uh, I completely forgotten about it. Like that's how bad it was. I'd forgotten that I was yeah. watching it. I was getting ready to come up here, and uh, I flipped on my laptop, and it's there, the screen still playing. I was like, oh shit, I have to watch this. So I stuck on double speed, <laughs> and oh my god, the revelations that occurred almost immediately straight away. Like, um. Yeah, Nicolas Cage is really bad in the movie. <laughs> really bad. He's like he's not even like fun Nick, Nicolas Cage. Ever. Like, well, no, it is kind of like you kind of understand what I was talking about with the Donald Trump thing now, don't you? Yeah, I didn't know what you meant. And then, then he starts going. He starts like he's like I'm I'm doing it for the family and all this stuff. He's like, oh, is this weird? It's so weird. And like it's it's very sudden as well. Like, that's mm. what I thought was really weird as well. How quickly this family yeah deteriorates because everyone else. 
like everyone deteriorates at some stage, but everyone else is a, a physical marker. Yeah. Like there's some He's sort of there's some sort of indication. He just he just starts talking in a different accent at one point. And you're like, what's what's going on here? And you're not sure. I wouldn't have known what was going on unless without knowing that uh, what you told me already. Yeah. But it uh, it goes in a really interesting direction though. After about after like I don't know halfway in. Yeah. With the uh, environment, you know. Yeah. It takes on a because obviously the whole thing is a uh, a loose allegory for uh, the Flint situation. You know, Flint, Michigan, all the the water. Yeah, well, I did not. Yeah, you were saying this before. Yeah. I did not see that at all. But like mm. when you when you said that earlier, yeah, hundred percent. Mm, definitely. Like, that's yeah. definitely like it's definitely drawn on those. Yeah. And what's going on in Flint. Especially when the sheriff's like, oh, uh, she's, she's investigating it or whatever. She's like, she, you should have... Uh, yeah. The not, mayor, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I was like, that, she's a super weird character. But now mm. that you're talking about the Flint thing, I'm like, mm. yeah, that actually makes sense now. Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. Do with the, to do with the water and what's going on in Flint. Mm. And when I was watching, I was like, what the fuck? This character's so... Why is she such a... Yeah. And obviously, she, they're definitely saying something about like government and stuff like that. But I thought it was just mm. like, you know, very generic. It's just a bitch. She's just a bitchy fucking government official, but yeah. the Flint thing actually yeah. gives more depth to that idea of the character. Yeah, because I, I didn't get it either, really. Because he's like, I'm a hydrologist, like, straight away at the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. So that's a very specific thing to be. And uh, then he starts talking about the water table again and again and again. And then there's, like, the meteorite comes down, and no one understands what it is, but it's, like, it's basically in the water. And they're talking to the squatter guy. Yeah, and he's dude. like, yeah, the hippie dude, and he's like, he's a big environmentalist, obviously, and he's like, uh, just the whole thing is an allegory, I suppose, for like industrial sort of intervention and in the lo- in the in the environment, basically, like the yeah. fact that like there's there's a time dilation aspect, the fact that like the, yeah. the family are literally right there, and the the, the meteors landed into their well, into their water supply, like on their farm, and uh, time travels faster the closer you get to the object. Yeah, well, yeah, so like that, like industrial, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So fucking like, mental. The acceleration, like like time accelerates, basically. And I was watching on double speed as well, so time was like quadruple accelerating. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. You can, see, you can see like the environment like changing so rapidly and the horror on the on the, the characters' faces because they're like, because they, they had no model to understand what was going on around them. Yeah. Basically environmental horror. It's like a, climate change is mentioned a few times in the, I think on TV clips and stuff like that. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, because that's what's going on with the the mayor. They're, like, trying to do something with the reservoir, with the water. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, it they're building a with, dam or something. It yeah. has to do with, like, um, global warming as well there. Yeah. It's a it's an allegory or something like that. Environmental horror. Yeah, no, it definitely yeah. is. Things yeah. that happened in 50 years, or things that happened, used to take 500 years to happen. Now it take place within, you know, 50 years or five years or whatever. Like, the IPCC saying, uh, or whatever it's called, uh, we have like what, like ten years to save, uh, keep it below two degrees warming. Like what, uh, what no, happens? I've heard that we're, we're we're way past that. that yeah, point yeah. Like, There's no going back and stuff like that, which is like what mm. this, the the time dilation with like the industrial stuff that you were talking about. That's so interesting. Like, yeah, I did yeah. not read that yeah, at all. It's just like a, yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't taking the film too serious. Like I feel like if if the film took itself more seriously, I might have actually read into the into it like that. But because. Mm. Because Nicholas Cage is so fucking he's cheesy, pretty distracting you know? in it, yeah. And yeah. Uh, the whole like, and all the acting is so bad. I like that just pulled me away from it. Mm. But that is definitely actually that is in the film mm. to do with like this Lovecraftian horror, which is fucking global warming. <laughs> it's happening, man. And the hippie, the hippie. I have a quote from the hippie. Ezra, that's his name. Ezra, that's the hippie. And he goes, uh, "We all know it's coming, but we can't get away. 
and uh, it's in the water, which is basically it's just it's just a. He's talking about global he's warming. He's talking about global warming. Things like we we don't have any idea what's coming. What happens after uh, two degrees warming? Like the feedback loop that happens in the atmosphere. Things will change faster than they've ever changed before, and we've no way of preparing mentally or physically for how it's going to happen. And that happens to the family as well when the boy and the 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 mother get conjoined together, and there's like this the the visual aspect of the fact that like. Their, their bodies are contorted and like melted together mm-hmm. but it's also the fact that their their entire humanity is uh completely disassembled and they're, they're just like a, another part of this deteriorating environment you know yeah that's what that's what i took away but then yeah. the ending uh, yeah the ending is terrible the ending is not good yeah uh what's up with films is having shit and i say it's really mm. it's it is really hard to to end things yeah but we yeah the do, ending we do that way better the ending like. is super fucking corny and cheesy Either the film has to be more serious for you to read into the environmental message or it takes itself less serious and then the ending makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have just like... Plus, I don't like the fact that they include a lot of the monsters as well. Yeah, that's... They yeah, had, they I had actual monsters. I didn't like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't like... Th- that's like... Kinda spe- pull, yeah. Pulled away from the low crafting stuff. Mm. In the, Plus, the, I was watching it twice speed so it looks like w- the CGI was really bad the way I, I watched it. <laughs> So that uh, the special f- the I don't know how they did uh, a lot of the the monsters and stuff like that. I feel like some of it could have been like actual. The la- the alpaca stuff was uh, that practical. was CGI. That well, was the, the head exploding was definitely. I think I'm pretty sure that was mm. was shot very dark, so I couldn't really tell. Yeah, it looked mad fake on the on the well on maybe the double just, speed. Maybe that's just the way the double <laughs> speed looks. Nic- Nicholas Cage, funnily enough, he's uh, way more intelligible with the double speed going on. Like like everything he does sort of makes more sense. Well, he's just he's just a man that goes in <laughs> slow mo. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, ba- yeah, he's just talking really. I don't know something about that. He's like, I just think with the world. Really distracting. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that scene at the fucking at the at the sink with the tomatoes is so weird. Yeah, even when uh, they show up at the at the gaff, and he's like, uh, "Oh yeah, the family are all." He's like pretending to be another per- part of the family or another person. Is he? Or he's pen- pretending to be himself. He's like, oh, they're all inside and they're all here. Yeah. <sighs> it's, like, you don't get the feeling that he's like, he's like, uh, law. He's like, he's obviously lost. We don't, don't get the feeling he's, putting, he's another person. You, you know? know the bit where like the the hydrologist like goes back into the house and Nicholas Cage. Is that the part that you're talking about? When he goes back into the house. That's at the end. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean when the, him, the sheriff, first show up and he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, they're yeah. all here. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. What's I don't get there. it. I don't get and it. And even like, but even like the end where like the hydrologist like runs back into the house and Nicholas Cage is just like. He's, he's been he's already been shot at that stage. Like he's, mm. he's already dead, but he's just sitting there and he's all glitching out. Like I kind of feel like they only he's did that. Glitching out. <laughs> well, he is glitching out. He's like glitching out with reality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, I kind of feel like that scene's only there because it's Nicolas Cage. Like if they mm. had like some lesser known actor, they probably wouldn't have had that scene in it. Yeah, because I feel like it kind of uh, that just kind of confused me. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I'm not sure. What, I think I might have skipped that part. You didn't but, uh, miss much, man. Honestly, that's yeah. But at, kind of shit. at the end, where he's like, uh, the hydrologist is a survivor, and he goes on. The, they built the dam, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the dam is underneath, or not the the, uh, the farm is underneath, like at the bottom of the the reservoir. Yeah. And uh, uh, he's like standing at the top of the dam, and he's like, he's like, it was just a color out of space. And he's like smoking. <laughs> a, he's smoking a cigarette, and he like flicks into the water. Yeah. That was like great i thought that was pretty good but like in a really cheesy way yeah super che- it's like th- and it's the same with the nick cage freakouts it's like good but shit at the same time it's like cheesy mm. cheesy fun shit yeah which is just all the resident evil films <laughs> yeah 
But um, yeah, it's alright. It's for a Lovecraft adaptation. I thought it was quite good. Uh, yeah, that like yeah, especially because like, there's not many. Have you seen that film? Um, uh, what's it called? Into the Void. With the no way, or that's Enter the Void. No, that's nah. Enter the Void. No, this or is it called Enter the Void, or it could just be called The Void. People say that it's a, a Lovecraft film. It kind of is, but it's also more of a Cronenberg monster movie because mm. the. Like the ideas are technically Lovecraftian, but they're portrayed in a, in a Cronenberg esque way. Where yeah. again, it's like these monsters like merging together and like bodies in contorted ways and yeah, stuff what's like it that. About? Or who directed it? No idea. It has to do with. A, oh. But the reason why it's like kind of Lovecraftian is that it's um again it's like a B kind of film, like and it kind of takes itself a bit too seriously. Mm. But it's about like this guy shows up to uh, a hospital and there's people in the hospital and he's running in because a cult are coming after him and there's a sheriff and like a couple of dudes there and uh, the cults break the communication outside the hospital mm. and things are going on in the hospital and there might be a, a dimension to another another universe and stuff of like that going on. In the hospital? In the hospital because sure. that's what the cults are about. They're about bringing this like Lovecraftian horror Mm. into our realm kind mm. of it's all one big allegory man and we're back and well we're back. for you it wasn't that long at all for us it was a nice little break nice little relaxer time dilation I turn up the mic maybe and do a little ASMR what do you think Mike or Mark Mike hello how are you let's see what I fuck that <laughs> uh, so while we were on our break I was showing Mark a little video of a song has to do with capitalism. It's a very, very interesting video. Well, very mu- interesting music video. It's called uh, The Fine Print. Found out from TikTok. Shout out to TikTok. Again, TikTok with the anti-capitalist propaganda. It's the communist part. It's CCP. It is. I'm telling you. But yeah, it is. Uh, you were talking about like um, the shit that you are reading at the start of lockdown. Mm. Yeah, algorithms. All about algorithms. It's just the... Uh, the way it shapes everything we do, everything we do. Well, yeah, there's like, but there's, it's all about the, uh, the you know, the fact that we think it's uh, invisible. The internet, uh, the uh, stocks, stuff like that. Like Jeff Bezos, circle back to him. Shout out to Jeff. Oh, he circles back to that rich prick. Mm, that fella. Um, but yeah, most of, his, most of his wealth is completely imaginary. And it isn't real. It's not real cash. But uh there is a, like a physical architecture to this to uh the whole system there like stocks mm-hmm. uh like even look at the data centers and uh they recently announced they're going to do a new data center in leaks up i think uh for uh, apple or something uh but like these are like massive complexes like you, you show up like you, you drive past them you don't even notice them they're there because like there's massive gates and there's like a big yeah. drive down to them as well there's like these huge warehouses like just full of servers and uh like inhumane amounts of water just to cool them so they don't fucking blow up yeah and uh so especially in ireland uh because we're like we're the tech you know center of europe uh like have all this like sort of physical architecture to this thing that doesn't actually exist or we don't imagine exists materially yeah yeah like the internet and uh extends other stuff like uh like futures trading futures trading is like the most fucking made up it's like the one thing out of uh the financial sector that you could point to and be like, this this is just bollocks. Like this is just completely made up. Like this doesn't <laughs> this is no value to society. This can contribute to anything at all. And uh, if you look into it, it's like it's basically I think we talked about it earlier. It's like 
one guy goes, oh, this is a great idea. And then loads of people go in with him. And the, the value is literally just the the idea that people are behind it. Yeah, that's what, just what money is, though. Yeah. Like, money has no actual value. It's just that we assign. Yeah. But this is on a whole other level of that thing. Yeah, but there's like no, there's nothing backing it, you know? Yeah. It's like... Oh, it's the same like cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Like I Bitcoin suppose, and all. Yeah. That's all just based on people's, like, belief in that this has value, which obviously yeah. is, like, money, but, you know, money had, like, gold at one stage, but, like, what was it that they did at the start? They just pumped, like, America pumped, like, a trillion dollars into the economy or something just out of thin air or something like that they do that every few years yeah yeah that shit's mad that, they can just talk about that. witchcraft that's up me right there turning that, gold yeah. into a uh, into, into power yeah. yeah uh but um no it's about like like at least bitcoin and like uh money has like a like an immediate value you can exchange that for services like futures trading okay it's like it's just saying oh, i think this company's going to do well in the future so it's it's there's no oh, there's no actual yeah. It's manifestation. That's yes, what that it's manifestation. Is. Absolutely, it's like yeah, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna manifest that this company's gonna do well, and yeah. because you're doing that, you're pumping money into it, and so therefore it will do well. Exactly. Yeah. So it's what Elon Musk is doing on Twitter and all. Elon Musk is such a fucking idiot. It's like God, oh, uh, te- Tesla stocks are too high, but like just by saying that, like they go down, but then they go up again because yeah. he's talking about it. But uh, like futures is just completely. There's no phys- There's no connection to reality, or like physical, uh, no physical value to it. But. Uh, uh, there's still like a physical architecture to it. Like people pay. There's like a there's a a wire like a fiber optic wire passed through uh, through the Nasdaq in and in, in like New York to uh, New Jersey. I think it's like okay, it's like, yeah. a, it's like a like a satellite uh, stock center. Like trades from say like Los Angeles would go through the stock center uh, on the way to Nasdaq. Yeah. But like this this specific company, I forget what they call like I don't know Spiral or something. They built like a fiber optic cable through a mountain, billions and billions of dollars, just to um, uh, like cut their latency. Yeah, like, you know there's there's a delay yeah, on it. every delay. Yeah, every text you send is like delay on like how fast it goes to you. Yeah, they want it immediate. That shit is home. crazy. The fact that like that's what they, with stock exchanges stuff like that. That's that's nearly immediate, but it's not immediate enough. Like they want to improve that further yeah, and yeah. further and further. There's that's a, wild. I never actually thought oh, about yeah, that. Oh it's, yeah, it's a spread networks. They spent no. It, it was a uh, three hundred million on a secret connection between the Chicago uh, Mercantile Exchange and Nasdaq, uh, which short, shortened travel time from seventeen milliseconds to thirteen milliseconds, uh, a saving of seventy-five million dollars per millisecond. What? Yeah, stuff like that. Like Jesus. So a, there's a physical. There's a physical element to all that stuff, you know. But we just don't see it. Yeah. Like imagine, imagine that three hundred million went to like something valuable yeah. that like contributed to society in any way. That's why I was, because uh, I was, I was on one of my walks home from the gym. I was like, just kind of thinking about like capitalism and stuff like that. And I was thinking like, it is fully possible that we could end world hunger, and you know, everyone could be above the the poverty line, and everyone could we could have free healthcare, free education. And I was kind of thinking, like, where, like, what kind of, where, where would I like fall on the line of this kind of stuff? And I kind of feel like I'm against any system that does not go towards that because that is a hundred percent possible it mm. can be done maybe not under this system so therefore this system must change to yeah, allow yeah. that to happen because there is no reason other than uh material wealth of the ultra rich and stuff like that is the only reason why that doesn't happen yeah probably yeah like yeah. uh, I was also I saw um, uh, TikTok again. TikTok, what TikTok. the fucking 
anti-capitalist propaganda, but mm. it's also true that uh, capitalism or like capitalism will always fall or eventually fall into fascism in the way that the wealth gap at the moment is higher than it's ever ever been between the rich and the poor, right? And people are saying like, oh, how come? You know, how come we don't have, like, a French Revolution? It's because we're not starving. Because we're too pussy. We're too pussy, but also because we're not starving. Like, the difference is that, like, in the Fran- in France, they were starving, so they... We are... We're, we're sedated by comfort, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're comfortable enough that we'll allow this heinous shit to go past whatever. But we're still fed. You know, a lot of people aren't. But in the Western world, mm. a lot of us are, you know, we have what we need. We have a shelter. We have food. We have water. A lot of people obviously don't. But hate know, that. Yeah. Hate that, yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking hell. I really do hate that. Yeah. Like, it needs to change. But uh, that, so, capitalists are vampires. Right, oh, here shit. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twilight, new moon. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, capitalists are vampires. Edward Cullen. Right, so. Anyway. I watched... <laughs> Twilight New Moon. Mm. It's the second part of my own uh, self-insert segment. Um, you have watched this film, yes? I've seen it before. Yeah, I've what, read the book. What do you think of it? Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was alright. I can't remember film too well. Is such a huge improvement over the first film because, like, in certain ways, right? So immediately, I was so happy because they got rid of the really bland, dark color palette from the first film mm. this is yeah, like it's a lot brighter yeah. oh my god it is so much brighter but it also kind of t- <laughs> it kind of takes away from the fact that like you're like looking at um edward and you're like you should not be out in this sunlight like this is way too bright for you man you're gonna be glistening mm. it's too obvious where in the first film you know you kind of capture that because you kind of understood like okay it's really really dark it's really gloomy it's really cloudy so therefore he's able to get away with it but in this film it's just fucking daytime and he's just able to float about yeah but besides from that makes it a much more enjoyable visual watching experience it's so much easier to watch this film and it's so less boring mm. right so immediately, I was super happy about that. Second thing I was super happy about, we got werewolves. This is the film where you Jacob. get werewolves. Jacob's henching this. Oh my god, is he? He is fucking. He's a fucking hunk. Built. He's fucking huge in this film. Yeah. And uh, what legend? I like the way they immediately draw attention to that. Like Jacob comes up and like Bella's is like, "Holy shit, you're fucking huge, Jacob!" And he's just like, huh, "You know, puberty." <laughs> Puberty, <laughs> that's yeah. just how they like kind of obviously the you desperation know, of being sacked by the studio is uh, it, it got to a uh, got to his head Taylor Lautner's head uh. <laughs> don't blame him man he's fucking huge in this but yeah. he's meant to be uh, remember last episode we were talking about um, what age they were mm. they actually were of like kind of the right age what do you mean like Taylor Lautner was f- 17 in this was film he? I think so that's and mad. then Bella, uh, like, uh, Christian Stewart and, um, the fuck is his name? Robert Patterson. They oh, were, Pats. they were, uh, they were, like, in their 20s. So they're kind of around the right age, right? Mm. Um, which just makes fucking Jacob more impressive, man. He is well, so yeah, he, yeah, built yeah, in this film. <laughs> <laughs> man, like, yeah. he is so built. Man, that is sexy. <laughs> but, uh, alright. Yeah, he is, he's mad young. Like. He is actually, I was he's surprised. He's still in his yeah. 20s. Yeah, he's still That's in his crazy. 20s. It's fucking mental. Like they they were kind of the right age. 
Yeah, that's Which crazy. I didn't think they were. I thought they were like kind of... Oh, I thought Ram Patterson's way younger than I thought he was. Also, Kristen Stewart, certified lesbian. She actually dates a woman. Imagine that, Mark. <laughs> a certified lesbian. Certified lesbian. She's carrying. got this stamp. But... Um, uh, uh, Rob Patterson's not that... He's pretty old, like... Yeah, but, like, how old How old is he now? 34. 34. So, this film came out 2009? Taylor Lautner is 28. 29, I think it was 2009. Let me just look that up. But, uh... uh so, the whole, um... Twilight came out... Yeah, 2009. So, mm. how did you say he was? 32? He's 34. 34. So... Mm. How long is that? He's tw- he was 25, was he? No, he's 23. 23. So, was yeah, near he? enough around the same age. 20, yeah, it's pretty close. Can't do that off the top of my head right away because I'm kind of... <laughs> 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 had a few cans, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Too many poppers. But, uh, the, uh... So, yeah, the werewolves in this film make such a huge difference. It is mm. ridiculous. Like, honestly, the character design of, like, the wolf pack in this film, 10 out of 10. Bunch of dudes running around the forest, they're shirtless, they're wearing black shorts, they're wearing runners, they got their Nike kicks on, and they're fucking coming after you, motherfucker. They're running. And it is 10 out of 10. It's so fucking good. And, like, I don't know if this film probably takes itself, it probably takes itself a little bit too seriously. doesn't matter. just kind of adds to the charm. This film has the charm that was lacking in the first film. The first film, I felt it kind of took itself a bit too seriously. This film kind of does take itself too seriously. But it is so ridiculous that it's perfect, right? <laughs> <laughs> I right, like I genuinely Man, like this this is like twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it hated. Hun- it's hated. It's so like this is the lowest rated one on IMDb bullshit. So far, this is the best Twilight film. I fucking love this film. The, it's so good. The director of this film directed uh, American Pie, The Golden Compass, uh Golden Compass is shite. Cinderella. And the new one, the remake one. Mm, and uh, Rogue One. I haven't seen that. He, he co-wrote Rogue One. There's just so much about this film that I, like, okay, right. I'll go with the bad first. Start right? with the bad. Start with the bad. There's like a half an hour point in this film where it's kind of, it's pretty boring. Mm. And it's the point where Bella is kind of, hmm, will I, won't I, between <laughs> Jacob and Edward. She's not 100% sure, right? That's mm. kind of boring. Also, the ending the like last like two minutes of this film, shit. No, sorry, not the last two minutes. Last two minutes is actually pretty good. The last minute mm. is shit because <laughs> you really notice the fact that it's just a um a story about two dudes just kind of deciding <laughs> the fate over one girl. And she's just she doesn't really have any uh, onus over what's going on. Mm. Like Edward's like, no, you're not gonna get what you want. You're not gonna become a vampire. And Jacob's like, shut the fuck up, Edward. You don't know what she wants. And Bella's like, I want to become a vampire. Please make me a fucking vampire. And the two are like, shut the fuck up, Bella. You don't know what you want. <laughs> yeah, it's a big decision being a vampire, though. This girl fucking wants it, right? There's a bit. She's in this seventeen. Film. There's a. This, this is below the age of consent, right? There's a bit in this film, right, where Bella sits in the chair for four months. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Ten out of ten. Oh, so good. It's. Yeah. It sums it up. Um, all the shit where it's about a, um, what was it? The uh. She's, like, seeing, like, a kind of vision of Edward when she's, like, putting herself in danger because he said to her, like, don't do anything stupid when I'm gone because mm. he breaks up with her. And yeah. that shit was so fucking good. Like, the moment where she, where the, she realizes it when 
she puts herself in a situation and okay so <laughs> we're gonna get a bit weird here okay right so it's just a bit of a warner might 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 say something a bit fucking stupid here right but far away far away please bella puts herself in a situation where like anyone else would think that they're gonna get you know sexually assaulted right <laughs> wait what ha- explain what happens right? so she's so her. she's walking out of the cinema with her friend um, the girl from Scott Pilgrim, she's probably Scott Pilgrim's oh. sister. Oh. Um, and they're walking out of the cinema, right? And these dudes on motorbikes shout to the two girls. They can't call call them, right? Mm. And Bella looks over and she sees Edward, and she's like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "Don't do it." And uh, so Bella proceeds to keep walking towards the men, cat calling them and mm. saying how they have drink. And keeps doing it because she's seeing uh, Edward, right? So it proceeds to the point where she gets on the motorcycle with this biker dude who is aware of the fact that... Because Bella's talking to Edward. Mm. Uh, and he's just like... The biker dude is just like, what did you say, honey? And she's, she just keeps talking to Edward. He's like, oh, sure, whatever. Hop on. And <laughs> she gets on the bike. So this is a dude that's aware that he's getting a girl that's not 100% there. Mm. Onto his bike. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> um, but thankfully, nothing happens because this guy just, when she says she wants to get off the bike, he uh, he lets her off. What a king. What a king. What an underrated king of this movie. Yeah, like actual <laughs> unsung hero of this, of this film. The uh, vaguely rapey dude turned out to be, you know. Just a biker dude. But bikers are actually. a weird biker dude that just yeah. let her off the bike, which in reality would have turned out way worse than that. But, you know, in this film. Bikers are harmless. Turned out all right. They're harmless. Um. So that was a weird scene. And <laughs> mm. um, besides that, the whole like Jacob and Bella thing get like becoming closer with each other. In the back of my head, I was like, "This is kind of weird" because Jacob's like, meant to be like sixteen, and Bella's like eight. It's her eighteenth birthday, I think, at the start of this film. Mm. And they keep referencing over the fact that she's a cougar. Oh really? Did they? <laughs> yeah, they do that a lot. <laughs> well, he was seventeen and she was nineteen. The actor's like, yeah, yeah, but she's he's sixteen and yeah. she's eighteen. But like the whole yeah, kind of king. Well, th- th- why are we talking about this? But anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> besides that, the um, I also all right. So, in terms of a sequel, right? Mm. This film does everything that a sequel needs to do, right? Yeah, yeah. It expands the universe of Twilight. We understand more about the characters. There's a new uh, threat, kind of, in this film. Mm. Uh, I mean, for a bit. Not much is really happening, but it's so corny and so stupid that it's it's really enjoyable. But then you get to that half hour point where it's yeah. like a lot fucking dumber, and uh, the whole thing about um, uh, Edward going to the Volturi or whatever the fuck they're called, like the Vampire Order, mm. is so fucking stupid. And the Volturi, they're like the worst villains. Oh man, they're, they're so, so good in this though. They're so bad. <laughs> they're, they're so, so bad. good in this. They're so bad. I like the way they all have their own little quirks. And the main dude, his like quirk is that like, he, if he like touches you, he can just like uh, <laughs> he like knows everything about you immediately. And oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. think he like knows all your thoughts and your feelings or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they do like they like they do like a like you know in, like video games where like you have like um one person has like a fire power and one person has like a wind power and they combine them together and it makes it stronger. In this, they kind of do something like that, where uh, Alice, 
her superpower is like you know kind of seeing into the future so this dude who can feel everything touches alice and can see into the future like she did oh so right. like kind of combining them superpowers together yeah um my one tractor this film though is that like I don't understand how the superpower stuff works in this film mm. because at the start of the film we realized that Alice's like boyfriend that like I don't know what the fuck his name is he's like the dude with curly hair he's like the the newest member of the Cullen family mm. he has the power to manipulate emotions mm. um he's toxic yeah that's what I was thinking when I watched the film and but like me and Isabel looked it up on uh on like kind of the wiki in the way that it's because your your power comes from um your like what you were like as a human before you yeah. were a vampire so his thing was that he was an empath an empath yeah all right so he's able to <laughs> therefore manipulate people's emotions because he knows them so well all right uh, and he's like kind of doing that to bella at the start of the film yeah yeah uh, I really, really, really wish that they more explored the other members of the Cullen fam- family's uh, powers. I would love to know what the Jock Vampire does. I want to know. That's that's all I want to know. Power? I don't know yet. I really, really hope they do explain that though. Otherwise, we're gonna have to go into the wiki. I'm gonna have to find this shit out. Mm. The Volturi stuff at the end. I have no idea what the fucking point of that was in the in in the regards to this film. Uh, like a self-contained thing i have no idea what the point is i know that the point is that the fact that they become like the main kind of antagonist throughout the rest of the series but for this film it makes no sense whatsoever yeah <laughs> even the the like vampires have to like basically apply to die in this in this universe mm. they have to like if they don't want to be like tear uh, apart by werewolves they have to go to like the order of vampires and apply for the main dude to just suck the life out of them. <laughs> nice. 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 Uh, Love it. And it's so like, like, they're just like, oh, Edward, your power is too strong, so we're not going to do that to you. So he's going to like walk out into a bunch of humans and reveal himself as a vampire because that's one like the cardinal sins, basically. Mm. Uh, and then Bella saves him. Oh, yeah, in the, uh, the square. Yeah. In the square, yeah. That shit is it doesn't make any I, like she's running to him as he's like walking out into the into the sunlight yeah. i don't understand why she didn't just scream to him because she was so he was so close to going out there man he was so close he was in the sun wasn't he yeah he was it was a little girl that saw him but no one else saw him yeah it's a bit retarded isn't it oh man it's yeah it's super stupid you know they released a new book yes i did Midnight Sun. yeah i remember he- hearing about that book back when i read the books midnight sun like a, uh, they actually released it like only it, was, it came out this week I'm pretty sure yeah it came out uh, the 4th of August 2020 and it's about it's a, it's a uh, it retells the events from Edward's perspective yeah and you realise that Edward's kind of a dickhead yeah man he's a pedo he's 100 years old like. yeah, he's 119 years old they, they said that a couple times in the film uh, actually the star of this film I really, <laughs> I really like the star of this film where it's a dream sequence and you realise that Bella is terrified over the fact that she is going to age but Edward won't oh, he's uh, yeah. always going to be in his body she's an old woman yeah yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that because that was the kind of thing I was like that's, that's going to happen and sure enough they they bring that into part of this film that's why she wants to be a, va- a vampire yeah uh, and they also set up the fact that like Alice has the dream that uh, Bella will become a vampire yeah, yeah. Like that's gonna happen in at some stage, and that's the reason why they're able to get away from the, 
Vault. What are they called? Valtteri. Valtteri. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I really enjoyed that uh, that vampire superpower as well. That she's just able to look at people and cause them pain. I don't remember that. She's just like she's like some. I don't know what her name is, but she's just like one of the vampires in the Valtteri, and mm. she just looks at you and she like kind of like stares at you really intensely. She's able to um cause you pain, but Bella's whole thing now. I thought like I thought that was just like a bit in like the first film that like oh Jacob can't read her mind so it's just like ooh she's different but that's actually that's a thing like she's not a- affected by um vampires effect like superpowers yeah yeah that's like an entire that's her thing <laughs> yeah yeah which I didn't know that was that was part of but she's not affected by Alice's I guess because Alice is still able to see her future mm. I don't know it doesn't really make that much sense but yeah I don't get it I I haven't watched it in ages but I watched that vampire stuff. And it was pretty good. It was Did funny. You watch it or no? I haven't rewatched it now, but it was, it was funny anyway. Actually, it wasn't funny at all. It was uh, pretty poor. The whole because uh, I know that obviously in Vampire Suck they bring in the whole thing about like the werewolves, mm. the werewolf pack. It is so homoerotic. It is ridiculous, and they yeah. actually they play into that fact. They play into the fact that uh, the main uh, the alpha male, whatever the fuck his name is, that. Jacob is just like it's really weird. Like, um, when they get to a certain age, they all just hang around this older dude, and they're like, he seems kind of weird, and he's just like, I need to kind of stay away from him, and they're kind of touching into the fact that you know something kind of weird might be going on, maybe, but it's not fully explored. But they're kind of nah, touching don't do into that. it. Don't do that. I swear that, to God. Ah, uh, here. <laughs> swear to God. Rewatch the film, you will see what I'm talking about. I think there, there's enough pedophiles in the Twilight franchise to. Uh, well, they fucking blatantly bring into about this dude, but then it's just like, yeah. oh no, he's not pedo. He's just a werewolf. <laughs> he's just old. <laughs> he's just a werewolf. He's just the alpha male. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's so. Uh, like, there's just so many bits to this film. Again, uh, Bella's dad, can't think of his name. Ter- he is so fucking good. I think his name is Fred or something. He is so good in this film. Again, uh, probably should have brought Bella to a psychiatrist or something mm. when she's waking up for like four months screaming in bed over her boyfriend breaking up with her. We've all been there, Mark, but not for four <laughs> months. <laughs> for like four months, probably should have done something there. But you know what? Yeah. Still, best dad. Um, you gotta go. If I was... If I was to rate these films, right? If we're going to boil it down to rating of films. This film, I, I, I've added up the numbers, right? Put science into this, right? He's put all the ducks in a row. So, first film was like three out of five, right? Middle of the road. Not great. Not bad, right? So, that's where I'm kind of basing things off, right? So, the first film is you got to be either better or worse than the first one, right? Yeah. So, plus one, the wolf pack. Amazing. Great design. I love everything about it. The werewolves. Actually, that's kind of a, a point against, though at the same time, I don't like that they're actually wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they were humanoid wolves, uh, if you know what I mean. Humanoid wolf? Like a, a werewolf in, Lo- in like London? Like a wolf man. Yeah, yeah. Like I wish man, yeah, they, yeah. they're actually just full they're on just wolves. wolves. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, they're just big wolves. So that's kind of a detractor against. We're back it's down at great. three. Yeah, yeah. But, we explore the fact that there's more vampires with superpowers. Mm. So that's a plus one. Plus, you get another plus one because you get <laughs> the fucking four months in a chair scene and mm. all that shit with like 
putting yourself in danger to see your boyfriend. Mm. That's another plus one. We're at five out of five here, Mark. That's hot. But got to distract a point because you got that half hour where it's it's pretty boring. So unfortunately, but, although at this moment in the time, sparkling scene, he's shirtless in the square. That's kind of that's like a plus and a minus scene. <laughs> that doesn't add anything because yes, it's an, it is it's a ridiculous. Neutral scene. But it's also stupid enough that I kind of have to take a point away from it. So it doesn't add anything. It's a neutral mm. scene. So at this moment in time, Twilight. The, wait, what's it called? Twilight Saga. <laughs> New Moon. The full title is four Taylor Lautner abs out of five. Four out of it five. Is the are, you, best. are you really going that? It is the best Twilight movie as of yet. It is the best Twilight movie. My God. This is the most poorly received Twilight movie in the entire series. I know. It's sad. It doesn't do it to me. It's so good. It's like, it has like so much charm to it. It's so stupid, but it's so good. It reminds me of those of Resident Evil movies that I love so much. Oh, right. Yeah. But they're way better. They're so much worse. It's so much better because of it. Mm. And they're not boring. That's where the Resident, see, the, the, if this film did not have that half hour scene where it was boring, I wasn't interested in what was going on. This film would be five out of five. This would easily be the five best abs scene. out of five. Five abs. It should, out be, five. it should be packed. It should be like a six pack. Oh yeah, no, I reversed that right. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be four packs out of five packs. <laughs> four wolf packs out of five wolf packs. <laughs> I I really enjoyed this film. I can't wait to watch the next one. I was kind of mm. I was worried after the first film that I was just not gonna enjoy these films whatsoever. But after yeah. the the second one, I'm fucking buzzing to see where this thing goes. Yeah, it goes in strange places. Strange places. I'm sure we go. Um, I I don't know why. I've always had the feeling that like Eclipse is the best one. I don't know why. It's not. Isn't it? Actually, I don't remember. I'll, I'll let you know whenever I whenever no I watch. It. I have to rewatch it. Uh, They're all on Netflix as well. So are they? Join me on this uh, this this journey, Mark. This, this strange journey. This strange journey through through the depths of human emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the books at all. Like. But I, I I read them all like it's very strange. Back in the day, bad times or good times? Yeah, I loved them. Yeah, I thought they were very good. Mm. And uh, are you gonna read the new one? No, obviously not. Why not? I better things to do. Man, you gotta <laughs> fucking continue on the saga. The saga. It's uh, it's not. It's 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 just a rehash though. Yeah, no, but you know, it's a new perspective. It's a new perspective. Yeah. That was right. So I've if they're doing one from Jacob's perspective, I would have thought about it. But I was I was always Team Jacob. Oh no! Fair. Until until the end, till the end. No, no, no! Uh, Jacob is such a fucking bitch. Just because he's film. indigenous. No, yeah, he's a yeah, bitch. Sh- well, maybe maybe that's the reason why she wrote him that way. But he's uh, a bitch in this film. Yeah, I yeah, he is. But I just didn't like the fact that like Edward saw all like. I mean, yeah, but, but then, but then Jacob betrays us at the very end as well. So, don't spoil it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not spoiling. It. I'm just saying, there's equal cases on either side. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see when I get there. Mm. I can't wait. I actually genuinely can't wait. It is. It's I some, tweeted about it. It's a saga. It is a saga. I can't wait to find out. That was uh, one of the things though in uh, Gravity's Rainbow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was uh, about uh, so you know what I was talking about in uh, Twilight. That uh, like men. Uh, sorry, no. The thing about uh, what's what's the new Twilight book called? Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun. In mm. that book, so that's giving the male perspective to what's going on in Twilight, right? Yeah. Which is usually what's done in fiction, right? So yeah. in Gravity's Rainbow, right? There's a bit between. There's these two characters, um, 
for those that don't know what Gravity Jumbo is, it's a book by Thomas Pynchon. It's seen as like the Ulysses of postmodern writing, kind of. Mm. Um, and it's a very long book. It's like 750 pages long. But one of the things that happens in the book is that there is a couple, uh, Roger, Mexico, and Jessica something. Can't remember her name. Jessica something. And uh, they're seen in part one of the book. They're like... Very, they're like the hopeful part of the book, right? Because they're they're uh, a couple that are um, going against the odds because of the war. Like they're not meant to be with each other. And it's a very loving relationship, though. It's kind of like fuck the war. We're gonna be together anyway, right? Mm. But then in part four, we realize that they didn't work out. But the way that it's portrayed in the book is poor Roger Mexico. His girlfriend didn't actually love him. And we don't get her side of what's going on. We only get his side of what's going on. You know that like kind of trope that goes on in certain things? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. And uh, that's like the whole point of... Uh, it's a sexist world we live in. Yeah, like that, the, the thing in the 500 Days of Summer. I haven't watched it, but apparently that's what the thing is that's going on there. That yeah. like when you're watching the film, like, oh, the poor Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he actually did do... He was really nice to her, and she was a bitch to him. But then you realize, no, he was actually... He was he's an just, asshole. He's just an incel. He was an asshole and he's an <laughs> incel. Uh, and that's kind of one of the main... Like, I really, really like Gravity's Rainbow. There's so much in it about just insights into how things were in America, especially in the mm. war and stuff like that. And like stuff about like Nazis and how like America kind of collaborated with the Nazis. And oh, American yeah, yeah. Um, industries collaborated, collaborated with the Nazis. There's so much stuff about that in the book. Um, it's but great, it's, it's great sound though. What? It's a great sound. Though. Yeah, nice little clink. Mm. There we go. Nice little ASMR. I love it. I love it. But uh, it's insane that like Pinchon's able to like just wrap all this shit into one. And he's talking about, yeah. uh, he's talking about like Buddhist philosophy in this book. This idea of like living after death and like what really is death and all this whole all this shit. It's just insane. While tying into actual real historical stuff like. You know, uh, you know, like Bond villains, the way that they have underground bunkers and stuff like that. Yeah, that's based on the fact that like Nazis actually did have that. Yeah, they actually had like uh, work camps underground where they were building rockets of mass destruction, basically. Yeah, and they were using uh, the the work camps, which are, which the, the kind of the point that it, it doesn't really um, talk about the uh, uh, concentration camps really in Gravity's Rainbow, but it more mm. focuses on. Um, the work camps because that's like kind of yeah not not talked about as much it's a it's a very big book and it's 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 super d- it's i literally started this at the start of lockdown and i'm not finished it yet yeah that's intense that's intense although i've been reading other shit in the meantime but like it's super super heavy <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah talking about a massive book what about a small book crying of lot 49 crying oh the tattoo i have in the back of my leg hell yeah, yeah. tristero uh the muted horn uh, all to do with the postal service very yeah very very relevant atm with a uh, in august uh trump replaced the postmaster general in uh in the u.s with uh like a like a, a, a gop uh donor or whatever it's like it's like a, a power grab yeah can you actually because i don't fully understand i actually sorry, not fully i don't understand at all really what's going on in america at the moment yeah it's pretty hard to, to understand. I, I i'm not entirely it has sure to, i know that has to do with like um 
posting in voting. Yeah, because like with coronavirus and all, like there's a, a doubt over the fact that people could like congregate at, at voting booths. So like the the backup plan is obviously just to mail it all in. Yeah. So obviously the post office has a lot of power in that situation. Yeah. And the post office run by the government, obviously. Uh, so Trump, uh, just recently in August said uh he replaced the the postmaster general like it's like a you know pretty it's like a standard position yeah in the in the government he replaced it with the he put a new fella in he's a gop donor so he's like a trump loyalist he's okay, a businessman yeah he's a billionaire i think and uh he replaced all uh, i think 23 executives within the post office itself uh with republicans uh he's, he's like just fighting on the basis of like, the fact that it doesn't make any money Okay. But it's like it's some sort of paragraph anyway. But yeah, crying for of lot forty nine is all about that sort of thing. Yeah, it, like heavily has to do with um the postal. Basically, it has to do like information spreading throughout the postal industry, more or less. Is kind of what's talking about. It has to do with, like it's a very very short book, but it deals with like that's like one kind of aspect of it. Yeah, which is a major aspect of the book. Like the book's only like hundred twenty pages long, and it has to deal with like the postal service and dealing with like whether or not like you have free will or everything's pretty it's yeah, a fucking yeah. mad book it's a lot about communication and like <clears throat> talk about uh like male or sort of like male tropes like male representation and stuff like yeah. that like Oedipa is like yeah the main fe- character is, a, is a female Oedipa. yeah, yeah. Oedipa, Oedipa Mass and it's like it's like a comic book it's like it's like a comic uh story or whatever yeah but especially because like that even, mm. even even the name Oedipus has to deal with yeah, it's all like whether a joke. or not things are preordained or not, and that's the whole thing that mm. like, Oedipus has to deal with. But the whole postal thing is like so, it, it like kind of strangely ties into things that are going on now because like, oh, whole definitely, thing is, like, yeah. whether or not people have power through uh, spreading information through the 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 postal industry, which yeah, I guess kind of ties into social media in a certain way a yeah. lot now. All communication, really, like, uh, and it has to do with privatization of that as well yeah. and the danger of in, that. In, in the book, it's about uh, this postal service has like uh maintained power over like basically all all like a uh, letter communication in the western world since the holy roman empire mm-hmm. the turn on taxes private postal company yeah were they an which actual is, thing which is a real company which is what i want to get to as well fuck? they're a real company and there's a whole list of things I, I i went to a deep dive on this thing as well basically it's a real company that existed they they inherited their uh their title of postmaster general from the uh, from Leopold the first, the Holy Roman Emperor, in the fifteenth uh, century, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that, they were like. Is that the Leopold, like the Netherlands? The, the no, no, he's just some German fellow. Okay, yeah. But uh, before that, they were just like random, like they they were like patrons of the Pope, and like local royalty in Lombardy in northern Italy. But like after they are, after they became like postmaster general in the Holy Roman Empire. They were like they control basically all communication in Europe, like completely until Napoleon came in what the fuck in eighteen oh eight, and he he destroyed the Holy Roman Empire and turned it into like the Confederation of the Rhine. But then they became a private entity, so they kept going. Okay, yeah, they kept going. Like yeah. this has been a thing that's like adapted and changed with yeah, the way yeah. that the waves of change come about. Basically, yeah, exactly, yeah. And they they used all the wealth that they built up in the meantime to buy up land that had been confiscated off the church. Okay. Right now, 2020, they're the turn in taxes. Royal family is the largest landowner in Europe. Jesus. Yeah, they're, they're still princes. And they're, they're a royal family in Germany until 1918. 
till like the introduction of uh, the Weimar Republic. Okay, they're and still going though. Oh, they're still going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> the same year, German Revolution happened, mm-hmm. and a prince of the Thurn and Taxis was uh, executed by a firing squad on the orders of communist revolutionaries in uh, the Bavarian Soviet Republic for conspiring. Wait, wait. God. For conspi- this is so powerful. What the fuck? No, for, for conspiring, it was a fascist conspiracy to overthrow the Soviet government in Bavaria, which is very short-lived yeah. sort of thing. It was called the Thule Society, mm-hmm. which is based on Greek myths. The th- this wait, is wait, 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 so wait. adept. The, the Thule Society later went on to found the Nazi Party. What? Help found it, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ernst Rahm was part of the Thule Society. Wait, so... Taxes and Turnus, this real thing. Mm, real, real family, yeah. Had tie, like ended up having ties to the Nazi party. Yeah, they 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 fingers in every pie, every pie. And it has to do with Bavaria. <laughs> well, Bavaria, no, well, like okay, after, I kind of lost you there for a bit. Okay, there was a lot. <laughs> okay, the, the German Revolution happened in nineteen eighteen. Everything's like sort of like oh yeah after the war and all, and like a like a a brief Soviet republic is set up. Yeah. Enemies yep. on all sides. And, uh, like, the, there's, like, this fascist uh, secret society that tries to overthrow the government there. Yeah. And the turn taxes prince is the head of this society. Okay. So they executed him by firing squad. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh... And they had ties to the Nazi party when that eventually set yeah, up. Yeah, the Thule Society kept going. And then they they founded the German Workers' Party, which then founded the, the NSDAP, which is the Nazi party. Which is, and they have ties in America as well, though, because that's the whole thing in like Crown Lot 49. It's the fact that they had, uh, oh, yeah. they have ties to uh, like the postal industry in America as well. They've ever. Because they came over yeah. eventually to America. The history there is crazy. And then after the war. This is so unknown as well. Yeah, yeah. After the war, this guy, Johannes, uh, the the inheritor to the turn on taxes princely thing, yeah. house, whatever, he became the richest man in uh, post war West Germany because of. Uh, all the land he owned, and he, he was a personal friend of General Patton. Uh-huh. And his his great granddaughter, or no, his, his he married his cousin, and uh, <laughs> as all royals do. Yeah, yeah. And then his daughter is now the style editor of Vogue magazine, and she writes diaries, like princess diaries, that are published, like or they're not published now, but they used to be in Vogue magazine. Man, we need to put this at the start it's, it of the just, podcast. Like this is it this just is, keeps going. This is too deep into the pod. What the? There's fuck? a lot of history as well. It's hard That's to get through. crazy. But once you just, it's all like publicly available. But that's fucking wild. Oh yeah, they're still powerful. And that has, they, and that's part of what yeah. Trump's doing now. Oh, it's all hereditary. Yeah, but like she stopped doing her princess stories in 20, 2011. You know what happened twenty eleven? Like all. Like, it's not being cool to be a princess or to be, like, rich or, like, all that stuff. Like, these people know when to go underground. Yeah. But they still, like, they've out, they've outlasted the, the Soviets. They've outlasted the Nazis. Outlasted Napoleon. They were there before capitalism altogether. And now they, they've gone, like... Underground. Yeah, underground, like, apparently, right now. They're having coke parties with Diana back in the 80s. This is all true. This is all verifiable facts. Do you think that they're tied to Epstein in any way and all that shit? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, so turning taxes is a real like an. Actual I thought thing that, that I didn't like. I didn't even look that up because mm. I need to look up more shit than some pension books because he he chose like real fucking yeah, things in those yeah. books and bases his uh, his novel like uh, historical fiction, but it's heavily based in shit that actually happened. Like 
and gravity's rainbow the whole thing like the immediate post-war germany mm. they're like it's kind of like what america was taught to be when they got there first mm. this new land where you can be whatever you want to be now obviously america wasn't that because they had native americans there yeah, yeah. but the idea that, was the thing. Like, that it, you can create a new yeah, yeah. country there yeah hitler was inspired by the westerners like yeah the, the frontier the fact that they create like like manifest destiny that whole thing yeah that that's 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 literally just the general plan us to, like to advance into a uh, russian territory to like create living room for the for the german people that's just manifest destiny yeah but in the opposite direction that's yeah yeah it's crazy plus the uh the the daughter of your man like the, she's like the, the vogue editor or whatever she's, yeah. do, she's doing a book at the moment apparently with uh, uh this guy called alex flick who is the grandson of uh friedrich flick who is a post-war german industrialist a convicted war criminal who uh, utilized the labor of 50,000 slaves uh, from the concentration camp system and became the second richest man in uh, post-war Germany. It all, it's all like... It's all tied into each other. Yeah, but that's the thing about crying about 49. Yeah. You know? It's mad how like, uh, <clears throat> like power and wealth just like stick together and they like, yeah. they maintain that. I remember like last episode, we were kind of talking about how like, Maybe it's not intentionally that like these tendencies crop up to like maintain power in within one with like within like this small class of people, but obviously it kind of is when you see shit like that going on. Like these, oh yeah, it's not it's not intentional. It's just easy. Yeah, if you get rich, it's easy to stay rich. Yeah, like generation on generation, it's not hard. Like, oh yeah, yeah. But that's what like uh, Pinchon's all about and and crying a lot forty nine because they have the Tristero system, which is like it's underground. Like people communicate through uh like trash cans like they throw yeah. they throw like letters into the trash but cans. in uh grand lot 49 it's seen as like it's kind of like revolutionary rebellion yeah against like the system like but the, from what you're talking about they were the system <laughs> oh yeah that's the thing like there's there's the conflict between turn and taxes and tristero turn and taxes control the postal system and they're in a rivalry with tristero which is what edipa finds out she thinks she's like the the uh inheritor to this yeah communication system yeah, there's like a conspiracy that's going on yeah it's huge conspiracy yeah, yeah. So it's but like it's a, not really conspiracy yeah yeah but you don't know like you know yeah that's kind of but the it's, whole it's point. like a, it's like a subterranean uh communication system which i would think is like a like an allegory for like uh maybe like i don't know leftist or like uh underground sort of working class uh veins within the, the wider sort of capitalist you know 60s america or uh, like the whole thing is like she's sort of she doesn't understand it but she's sort of looking towards this point where things will just sort of break down yeah and she wants it to happen even though it'd like it'd be bad for her it's like a sick sort of like sadomasochistic uh enjoyment you get out yeah like, like, uh, she's a very say this character as well like she's mm. doing things that she knows are bad for her but she's doing it anyway because she enjoys it yeah because it's cool it's like the uh, euphoria with revolution like revolution is always like pretty violent and pretty terrible but it's you know it's it's like there's something great about it as well like mm-hmm. something that everyone enjoys unnecessary evil yeah something about that you know like what you're saying about uh it's like insurmountable sort of thing like the the american empire or whatever yeah the fact that she's sort of looking towards through this tristero system uh like a way out which would be painful for like everyone around them 
but like it's still it's like a like catharsis you know it's, it's yeah. a it's a pleasurable thing at the same time yeah, yeah. that's fucking crazy though I didn't know yeah. about all that shit that's yeah. all power and like that's that shit that people don't even know about hey that was the thing where uh, I was thinking about um like so we got Jeff Bezos right and we got all these like multi billionaires and like Elon Musk who is so prevalent on social media they're the ones that are really open and really public about shit mm. what about the ones that are really behind the scenes the ones that are really making yeah. the moves the, the ones that really have the actual power the deep money the deep money when they, when they know when to go underground yeah like, you know that shit that's the stuff you need to worry like about the, like the fact that that family survived for that long literally the roman empire napoleon the nazis and the fucking soviets like the, and the only people who ever took them on like the only people who ever confiscated their land or like uh challenged their monopoly which is sort of addressed in uh, Crime of Law 49, was uh, was Napoleon and the uh, communists in Germany and then in Russia, yeah. in East Germany, in the uh, after the war. Like, it's all there. It's yeah. all there in the public domain. You can find out. You know, you can learn it more. But uh, that's the thing. Like, you know, who's going to challenge them? In history, it's always the same sort of people. Yeah, and it's always the people that end up kind of falling behind and don't stay in power for that long. It seems. It's pretty funny. It's crazy though. It's crazy like how uh, like ha- like generational wealth is really where the power comes from. Like yeah, that like that shit like Gatsby. To throw back to like people like you know I say a lot yeah. of people would have known about that, but like the whole shit about like new money and old money. How mm. new money doesn't really matter that much. It's old money that really carries yeah, that power yeah. and that wealth. And Definitely, that's, yeah. that's still what goes on to this day. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of a lot of the thing with the with the law forty nine as well is the fact that she doesn't. She she's doubting you up to the, like literally the final word in the book. Oh yeah, she's not she's, she's not she, sure at all, and you you're never given that, yeah, that yeah. catharsis that catharsis anyway. Mm. Oh, whether or not she's actually right or not, like, it's still the whole thing is like whether or not it actually is real or if it's just yeah. in her head. You're never yeah, ever yeah. given a chance to actually really know whether mm. or not it's real or not. Yeah, all the signs point towards this thing that like can't exist basically it's like it's too big you know? to exist yeah it's like it's like there's no way this could be real but at the same time it's like there is, is it, a trail though yeah it's like there's how, always how is it, how is it not real you know yeah i was learning more about um the whole stuff in uh ukraine ukraine with russia how would like russia basically invaded them recently like in like uh 2014 2015 oh uh, the nets canal yeah yeah and how like Basically, they were just able to... Like, that was, like, a really, really powerful time. Like, that could have, like, turned up really, really bad. But basically, how the UN and everyone just kind of just turned a blind eye. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But that was, like, a really soft kind of invasion. But Ukraine put mm. up a fight. But it was kind of just... Yeah, but, like, they got cooed by the CIA as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, that's why Russia invaded. Oh, yeah. Because Ru- the Americans like, oh, we're going to put in our own fella here. And the Russians were like, oh, we don't want NATO on our border. So they invaded. The Americans were like... Like you shouldn't do that, but fair, you know. Yeah. Basically, and so they just left it. I think. Yeah, it was definitely an invasion. Like, like they shot down that airplane. Like, yeah, they did a lot of shit. Two hundred and fifty people, brown bread. Ah, it's that's the thing. That that's the time we live in. Absolute stalemate. Yeah, the know? mutual destruction thing is like. Yeah. Seems to be the kind of thing that like holds it all together. The e- even earlier in the year, remember that Iranian general got blown up. Yeah, that was peril. Everyone forgot about that, obviously because of what happened later. But like, he, he literally blew up. A uh, the chief general of uh, a foreign powers uh, military, and everyone's like, 
it was like, oh, he can't do that. But he did it anyway. He did, hey, hey. And then, like, Iran were like, oh, that's, that's really bad. So they blew up, like, a civilian airplane and, like, nothing happened after that. Sure, look, what all, can you do? It's all very, very scary stuff. Um, yeah. I think we're ready to wrap up there, there, Mark, now. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. Those are pretty va- bad vibes. But yeah. You know. Well, we'll end on a good vibe, right? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that sound of stuff, maybe really all that you can be is optimistic in these times you know like it is very 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 scary stuff but i mean you look at the cold war all that stuff there are so many times where things could have gone a completely different way yeah if only and (laughs) shut the fuck up then we'd have no stalemate you know everything would be sorted out it could be extinction yeah stone age like but yeah no i think i know i feel like you know things will start to look up especially when like God, when you look at like stuff like uh, there's like a theory that uh, humans, not humans, sorry, any advanced civilization gets to the point where they make AI, mm. and that's when they stop looking into the stars because you're able to make vastly more interesting and vastly more complex worlds within AI. Or no, mm. sorry, not AI, uh, virtual reality. Sorry, that sounds terrible. No, it doesn't. Right. We're all, just I there. Want We're all just there in our fucking... I'm going to say something uh, that's going to send people green, right? All right, say it. But Let's see. So, imagine, right? Mm. You're a being and you have the most complex virtual reality imaginable, right? You are literally God within this virtual reality, right? You're going to run through all the scenarios that you can do. You're going to be someone poor, you're going to be someone rich, you're going to be whatever, whatever the fuck you want. You're going to be a knight fighting dragons, you're going to be anything, right? Mm. Eventually. And these, these like, and these like, this is going to be lifetimes experienced. Oh wait, I, I think I know where you're going. You know where I'm going with this, right? <laughs> lifetimes experienced in the span of minutes. Remember that? Did mm. you watch uh, Rick and Morty? No. There's an episode in Rick and Morty where they go to a space um arcade mm. and Morty puts on goggles and he plays basically lives through this dude's life from birth to death mm. and it's a video game, right? Yeah. So what if you could be the result of that? That you are someone that put themselves into a virtual reality so complex that you programmed it so that you forgot that you put it that you put yourself into. Do you see what I'm saying? But like, if you wait, like if I was a celebrity, I'd be like, that makes so much sense. Like my life is so good. But like for a normal person, you'd be like, why is my life so boring? Because you 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 said it because you wanted a bit more reality to whatever <laughs> the fuck's going on. Because you've already done that before. You've yeah. been the celebrity. You've done that. So you just want to put yourself down as like. This average version Joe. of life. This virgin. This, this virgin. Fucking, you incel. This you do incel. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> that this whole entire thing is just a virtual reality. And like mm, you, you hear that thing that like uh, Elon Musk talking about, like how like it's like ninety percent probability that's actually the way things are. Yeah. Well, no, that's it's a very uh, disturbing idea, mo. But like, I, like I've always thought, like if I was a celebrity, like you know the way people go on about like narcissism. And, yeah. Like, solipsism like people think that the entire world revolves around them if you're a celebrity wouldn't you just you'd be like there's definitely like i was chosen to do this like everything's falling in place yeah for me. it's such a sense of ego though yeah, isn't yeah. It? but like that that's like a natural thing though like imagine everything in life went your way wouldn't you be like oh i'm a fucking god like this is amazing 
you know? Yeah, maybe he would. I you guess know? he that's, would. That's, all, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like, Elon Musk especially, he's like, oh, everything in life has gone my way. Obviously, like, I've concocted this from a different reality above what's going on right now, you know? It's like, I, can, I, I, un- I understand you? it. Yeah, you, you know? probably would. You probably would think that, like, oh, everything's, nothing bad has happened in my life. I must be the chosen one. Yeah, yeah. Because why else? But if you look like Buddha, you look at Muhammad, you if you, look at Jesus, you, you look at any of these figures, they all went through hardship, though. So they're, and well, they ju- were the chosen ones. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> all of them were. <laughs> Each and every one of those ones was the chosen one. They're all the chosen one, yeah. Maybe you, dear, Maybe dear listener, dear listener, yeah. you are the chosen one. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this at this stage, <laughs> you're definitely not. <laughs> right. I think we might leave it at that. Uh, thank you very much if you are still listening to this stage. We will be back next week talking about Climax for sure. Uh, it'll be Mark's recommend- recommendation at that stage. Uh, I have no idea what you're recommending. Do you have an idea what you're going to be talking about? I'll or be recommending... Uh, oh, there's no point saying that. No, no, don't say no. Yeah. But you know what you're going to be <laughs> I have an idea. Yeah, you have an idea, Grant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, and uh, goodbye.